You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay, and in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. I'm joined today by Greg Miller. Hi. Dan Stapleton. Aloha. Colin Moriarty. Yeah. We've got a great show for you today. We got, we're going to be talking about video games. Let's talk about, let's first talk about a video game called Watch Dogs. Oh. It was released last week. Dan Stapleton reviewed it. I may have heard of it. You liked it. You I liked it, it a lot. I did. I think it's a great game. You thought it was great. I've been playing it. You guys been playing it? Yeah. Played it for a couple hours, yeah. Uh, so far, I agree with uh, Dan's sentiment. I like it a lot as well. I think it's a lot of fun. Maybe not a revolutionary game. By no means. Feels very Assassin's Creed-ish to me. You just have a different set of tools at your disposal to achieve your objectives. I, don't know, I think it's more like, more like GTA in feel than than uh, than Assassin's Creed, just because Assassin's Creed is so much more parkour based. Yeah. And yeah. while Aiden can you know kind of bounce off things, he's not scaling walls. Sure. Which is the first thing I tried to do. Right. When I jumped in, <laughs> they explained running. I was like, oh, ran up to nope. Okay, sorry, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> now one of our uh, viewers slash listeners, Gareth. Gareth has a question. Question for the lads, Ooh. as That's he puts us. in his subject. But I I looked I looked up the definition of lads. It refers to a young a young man or boy, and I, so I don't think that's me. What anymore. about man-child? However, it also uh, includes anyone who works in a stable, man or woman, regardless of an age. So. Mm. so it could refer to you if that's your side job. If do you work if in a stable? I worked in a stable, no. You smell like you do. Uh, <laughs> Nail them staple thing. <laughs> Dominated him. He's all like, oh my Knocked down. Gareth says, Watch Dogs was released last week. It's safe to say it was one of the most highly anticipated next-gen games. We're going to be talking about that. Next-gen, current-gen confusion later on. Based almost 
squarely around that trailer from E3 2012. Do we have that trailer, Mike, that we can run? When people saw gameplay footage, it not only got people incredibly excited for Watch Dogs, but also the capabilities of next-gen hardware. We're waiting to see. We got it. This is the, this is is this true? That's the trailer. God, I don't even remember the trailer anymore. It's been so long. Yeah. Look I was told playing the game. By the way, I like that. I always love that shot. <laughs> this this is know. real. <laughs> this is really happening. Yara said, "says I was sold on the tone and mood of those Chicago streets. Now I own the game, and while it's still fun to play, it looks remarkably different from its original vision, with duller lighting and heavily diminished weather effects." Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. To what degree? His question is: To what degree? Is it the publisher's responsibility to present gameplay accurate to its final release? And at what point do changes become dishonest and unacceptable? Was I wrong to believe in the next-gen vision based on this trailer? I mean, it, it's, it's a question of what's possible. Like, th that was you know, an aspirational vertical slice. That's yep. what they wanted to do. Like, there, there's no doubt they wanted to make this game look as good as they possibly could. And probably two years ago, they thought they could make it look like this. Um, but I have to say, I don't think this looks that much better than the final product. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not a stark difference. There, there's a bunch of subtle stuff that, like that, that does make a difference. Events, right? Is that happening in the final mm -hmm. version? I haven't seen that. Well, the, the smoke, that. The, there is some smoke in there, but it's, but no, not like it's that, nowhere near it's like every It's essential. The smoke is essential. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have, have that steam coming out of the grates. That's how you know you're in Chicago. Okay, so right. sure. You, I, haven't, right. I haven't encountered something like this where you walk in right. to go, um, walk through the mist and sure. nightclub. Right. There's, there's nothing, yeah. like all, sure. all this smoke and everything just is not there. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's you know, kind of what happens in development. They, they start high and, and have to scale back sometimes. Um, and there's, like, developers don't have a crystal ball. They can't see right. what, they're what sacrifices they're going to have to make to, to achieve the level of performance they want. And this is the problem with showing your game so early, right? You right. want to show what it's going to look, but you're building all those systems at once. You're not going, like, scene by scene making this game how it's going to look. Like, you know, okay, we got all the AI, all the people, all, everything's programmed for this section, move on to the next one. Right. That's why vertical slice, slices exist where you come in and make, here's what we think it's all going to look like, here's what it would look like, and then everything before and after that is non-existent. Right. Also, I'm not sure if at, when they announced it, I don't remember if they had announced it for, for PS3 and Xbox 360, had they? I don't think so. They didn't, they didn't say, say any, they didn't say any yeah. cloud. Everyone assumed that it was next-gen and they couldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. say. Right. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that, that could have been before they actually decided to scale it back and put sure. it on those systems, which mm -hmm. means they have to kind of develop to the lowest common denominator there, which, you know, is unfortunate for people that went out and bought a, a PS4 or an Xbox One or sure. a high-end PC expecting it, to, expecting it to look, you know, as good as it possibly could. Um, and you know it's, it's kind of a reality of it. Um, like I, I do think that that uh, you know in isolation, if that was the only piece of footage they had put out uh, and said it's going to it's going to look like this, then that would have been a real problem because that would be the only thing you have to go off of to to make your purchase. Uh, the reality is they they never stopped putting out footage. That's true. Like there, there's been there's been a lot of footage. There's been a lot of previews out there where you can see what what it was you were going to get. Uh, it, instead of just relying on this two-year-old piece of basically concept footage, mm -hmm. um, like I, I think that that you do have some responsibility to go out and see, you know, what what it is that, that you're buying before you do it. And if you're looking at just something two years old, sure. uh, you're you're probably doing yourself a disservice. Now that I mean that doesn't completely exonerate developers from from saying this game is going to be awesome. Look at this, and then getting everybody all excited about it, and then having to scale back. That is that is not. That's not something they want to do either. Right. Like they, they don't want you to be disappointed. It's, it seems but like this is part of a growing concern, 
It's actually related to our second question Ooh. about uh, the video game hype machine. Mm-hmm. A concern about whether or not it kicks off too soon, right? Is two years before a release too soon, or too, or, you know, too far out? I, I think it is. Yes, and and, <laughs> and like this is all this is all kind of uh, I think a reaction to Aliens Colonial Marines, where they had the, the same thing, where they put out this this early footage that looked fantastic, and then it didn't look anything at all like that when it came yeah. out. Yes. Well, I mean, E3's next week. We're surely going to see games announced that won't be out for. Two years or more. Right? It seems to me companies are learning their lesson. I mean, making games is hard, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I agree with Dan. Like, I kind of got to give Ubisoft the benefit of the doubt that they didn't expect. They're not stupid. They like put a, a footage out there, and then they know that the game maybe not will, will not look like that, and they don't. No one's going to notice. Like, this isn't something they have to deal with. Of course, they know that. They're they're a smart company, and like, you know. So I, I think that you know people need to understand game development is hard, and, and these developers are constantly iterating and trying to get things on the hardware. Like Dan said, like it might have started as a PS4 or Xbox One game, and they had to make concessions to get it on other hardware when they realized, well, we need to sell copies on these on these last gen consoles too. Um, but I think companies are learning their, their their lesson. Greg and I were talking on podcast Beyond yesterday about you know um, the Last Guardian is a quintessential example of announcing a game too early, like, and then you have to live with the embarrassment of that game for years. As everyone can continues to ask questions about it, it happened again, maybe even with the Order eighteen eighty six, and that's a great example of a game that looked beautiful that was running in engine, and then that that trailer is excellent. That was at last year, but then when I saw the game running, I was like, oof, you know, like this isn't ready. This isn't ready, you know, like, and and that's the kind of expectations you set. But then people expect that the game will look like that, and so they have to, like Dan said, kind of educate themselves on these issues, or whatever. And Batman, another great example, although I think Greg and I were in agreement that you know WB knew that game wasn't coming out this year, and and that they you know, the, and that they. Announced it, you know, you get this, some buzz going and use that yeah, time. Yeah, people pre-ordering yeah, but, it, right? I, exactly. You, you know why we haven't seen Half-Life Three yet, right? I mean, it's, it's because Valve learned their lesson with Half-Life Two, mm. where they announced Half-Life Two. I think it was like six years before it came out, and had to keep delaying it, delaying it, delaying it, and people got really mad at them. So they're like, okay, we're just not going to do that anymore. <laughs> uh, I think I think Two K is actually doing doing things really smart right now. Um, like if you look at um, if you look at like XCOM Enemy Unknown, they announced that in December. It came out uh, later that year. Uh, December of 2012, or no, yeah, December 2011, it came out. Um, 2012. 2012, yeah. They had to learn a lesson with the other XCOM game, the, right? The shooter, right? Yeah. Which which they you know, announced and then what you was, know what was the final version of that? The X- that that was the Bureau the XCOM Bureau. Yeah, Declassified, yes, which yes, was yes. not a good game. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so like that 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 is a great example. They announced it. Uh, it it uh, didn't end up coming out in the, in a form that even resembled what it, what it was announced sure. as. Um, so, like announcing things years before they come out is not necessarily a great idea. A lot of the time, it seems like developers do that for uh, you know investor relations uh-huh, reasons. One hundred percent. You got you got to get your stockholders behind you. Make yeah. make them understand money is coming down the pipeline. Yep. And that's the thing we're talking about with Batman, right? Like, yeah, they announced that at GDC. They knew they weren't on track to target by the end of the year. But you announce it when Infamous is already out, Watch Dogs is coming up, and then everybody else is like, "Where are the next gen games?" next-gen games. I know we're getting to it. <laughs> what, where are the games for this PlayStation 4 and Xbox One? You announced Batman. It's available for pre-order. Everybody's like, oh, awesome, because I have all this money I'm sitting on that I'm not putting into the system yet. I'll do it right now, and then, yeah. yeah. You but, get them while you can. But getting back to the, the hype machine question, I, I think that a lot of the hype machine is not aimed at, at the consumers, That's but what I was just at the investors. Ask. So, like, is that Watch Dogs announcement not really for the gamers? I, I think... It's really for the investors and for GameStop? I think in, in part, at least, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to me, like, the hype machine is, like, all, it's all subjective, too, because, you know, we, a game is announced, we'll write the announcement story, then maybe we'll see it, we'll do a rewind theater, we'll go play, we'll play a bunch of games at E3. I'm not, like, much of a previews guy, maybe it's just the way that I digest, like, content on the internet, or especially gaming content, and always have, like, 
I don't really read previews. I don't really look right. like, like, for instance, The Witcher 3 is a great example, right? I heard about this game, like, oh my, oh, oh dear. Nope, I'm going to be okay. Uh, the, the Witcher 3 is announced. The this game sounds great, sounds exactly up my alley. I don't really know anything else about it. I'm like, yeah. I'll play it. You know, like it's like that's, one of those games, and I'm that's the way right I treat. There with you. That's the way I treat everything. That's why you know I like reviewing games and writing news and preview and doing all these things. It keeps the job kind of fresh. But as far as like digesting this information, it seems like a lot of people want it, and so we give it to them. But then they get mad about the hype machine behind yeah. it. But it's like, well, you know, if you're if you're not interested in the hype machine, I guess don't contribute so much to it, and then sure. we'll worry about maybe games that are more out right now that you're playing right this minute. Um, so it's kind of an interesting way of looking at it, which is why I think it's just about how people digest their content more than anything else. Yeah, I'm the exact same way. I don't read a lot of previews. Like, I don't need to watch every trailer for a game. If I'm, if I'm already excited about a game, right. I don't need to watch the new trailer for it. It's you like, want to be already, surprised. I'm already excited for yeah. it. I saw that, that Watch Dogs gameplay. I was like, that looks awesome. I'll play that. Yeah. See you in two years. And that's, so that's, when, I, when I sat down to play it, I didn't even remember that original footage. I was yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, this is fun. This is yeah, awesome. Yeah. And that, that's pretty much what I did. As soon as I decided, especially when I decided I want to review something, I'm like, okay, I don't need to read any previews about yeah. it. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go in as, as blind as I can. Yeah. Um, and I, I did that with Watch Dogs. I, I had seen that initial footage. Um, you know, I've been, I've been doing this long, you know, following games long enough that that I didn't expect it to look exactly like the the, the first footage I saw. Sure. I think it looks, it, it looks pretty damn good on yeah, on PS4 and Xbox One and PC. Uh, once you know, once the PC problems were a little bit smoothed out, <laughs> um, it's like still if you sit, try and set into ultra, it's still not going to run well. But um, but I, I I think it looks good. I don't, I think that it doesn't look as good as it as it might have, but it looks very good. So I wasn't I wasn't like this looks like crap. <laughs> if it looked bad, that would be an entirely different situation. Yeah. If, if it looked like aliens, colonial marines, then yeah, flip the table over. Yeah. So what would be the ideal time to announce a big game? For the for the gamers, and I, I like within a year. I, I like how two K is doing it. Yeah, I like the ability. I like being able to target it and be like, all right, this is when it's coming. I I know that it sucks when they get delayed, but like stuff like we were talking yesterday with Uncharted Three or Skyrim, right, where they give you a date and then make that date. That's exciting. I like that idea that you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Uh, oh, I think you're coming. Up. You're still talking about hype machines, right, or something? Yeah, that's okay. what we're talking about. I'm, I'm, I think I was gonna. We're, in the, we're already in it. Though. I was going to pull out a quote, but I think it's in this email, so which I will one? stop. Which one? Which one? The PS, right? The P. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you can address that. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so the, this next. This is Ryan, who's wrote, written. Ryan's PS button. here on his thing is like he's like, I hope the hype machine doesn't ruin Batman versus Superman. It is going to. <laughs> Batman versus Superman is a two-hour-long movie, maybe two and a half-hour-long movie, and we have to hear about it now for the next two years. I was going to say about. About Star Wars. Yeah. Like, yep. God, that movie is coming out December 2015. We have to hear about that movie every day now. Oh, another leaked photo. You know, I saw I saw the window in the Millennium Falcon today. Like, oh, God. And every then, day then they start putting out trailers, and they put the best parts in the trailers, and it's like, yeah, yeah like, by the time, like, you have to go into blackout, but we can't go into blackout for I know, our like, job. Yeah, like, I have to work on this stuff. I, like, I never watch movie trailers anymore because they're filled yeah. with spoilers. Oh, they ruin the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, they tell you the whole plot to movies now. Yep, it's, it's a summary, not a trailer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the Cliff Notes version yeah. of the movie, basically. Also, Ryan, don't worry. Uh, Zack Snyder can ruin Batman vs Superman all on his own. <laughs> <laughs> This is Steve Lombardo. What's up, Steve? What up? Lombardo. He wants a question. His question, basic question is, how can I tell if I should get a game? Okay. Let him explain. He says, Thank on, you. On, <laughs> on almost every review I read, one of the top comments is one saying, I shouldn't listen to the reviewer, and I should decide for myself if I should get a game. 
I've heard IGN staff say that public aggregate scores, such, meta, such as Metacritic user ratings, cannot be trusted. Many IGN reviewers themselves have said they believe it is impossible to give a game a definitive score. My question then is, with limited money and time, how do you think I should go about picking which games to play? Read the review. Yeah, read, read it. it. Like, like a, a score, like you said, it is, it is impossible to give a scientific, like, this is how good this game is because, like, you like games, I don't. So how do we, how do we both come to a, right. a, a solid number that we both agree in? Uh, the, the number is just a summary of the opinion. And the number on, on is, is kind of code. It, it, it relates to a description and a scale. Like our, on our scale, I gave Watch Dogs an 8.4. That, that correlates to a, a great. Like 8.0 to 8.9 correlates to a great. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this is a great game. That's what that number means. Um, but why do I think it's great? In order to find that out, you have to read the review and, exp- mm-hmm. and my explanation of why I think it's great. Um, when you read over my, my review, you might, you might pick out some of the things that I, that I like that you don't like. Right. Uh, and that... You know, then you can you can decide for yourself. Do I do I think I'm going to agree this is a great game? Um, that's the only way you're gonna you're going to be able to do it. You can't if if you really want to be careful with your money and your time, you have to read reviews. Yeah, and you have to read other other people's opinions and decide and like identify individual reviewers that you agree with. Yep. That's, that's that's the best that's way key, to do it. Right, find reviewers that you tend to you know have similar opinions on. Yep. I always talk about it like this is like the best time to be consuming gaming content and trying to make a purchasing decision because there are so many people posting reviews. So you find out that you know you agree with Dan on a lot of things or he has similar interests, great. You find out you don't, then you there's t- plenty of other reviewers at IGN that are going to be talking about the game on podcasts or whatever. But then, yeah, you go, you find Jim Sterling, you go find all these different people at Destruct Order, you know, out at another site, and you get to be like, okay, I, 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 I know that Vince likes fighters, so I can trust Vince's opinion on fighters more than I can trust reviewer X over here who's just doing it to do it. Like, mm-hmm. There's a million people out there that you can find somebody who is like you. Yeah. Also, t- today, every game in its entirety is uh, you know, up on YouTube. You right. Know, gameplay of it. You know, that's a really good way to check out some gameplay footage. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's easy. It reminds me of like that, it's like a Cars.com commercial or whatever where it's like, I'm looking for, it's like all these cars <laughs> yeah, yeah, driving. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm looking for a sedan so some of the cars like disappear. <laughs> and it's like, I'm looking for a black sedan and like some of the cars, you know, like, what are you looking for? Like you know, it's it's kind of easy to identify the games that you at least be interested in. Like I have like I have real sensibilities towards Japanese games. I have real sensibilities towards shooters. I have re- you know I love you know RPGs. I know I'm not going to like you know certain sports games. I know I'm not going to like fighting games. I mean, so like then you can narrow it down from there. Then again, you find the people that you identify with. A lot of people identify me with those Japanese games, so they trust me, or maybe they don't. You know, and so you find those people. I mean, I. I've always said, and I've been very vocal about it, I think scores on reviews are destructive, and like I would love for us to get rid of them, but the fact is that most of our readers, Dan and I talk about this all the time, because we sit right next to each other, like our readers want them, and so, and so they're there, but it's really on you, the, the onus is on you to kind of go into the review and then dissect it and read it yourself. Um, but the comments about like I'm gonna ignore this review or this, you know, it's like it's like oh, like that's totally fine. That's yeah. cool. I, it doesn't hurt me, you know. Yeah. Like it, like it kind of hurts you. So at least if you don't agree with our review or our opinion, at least find someone out there. Certainly, someone out there is gonna share your opinion on on a vast majority of games, and therefore you can find someone that you can relate to. Uh, that's that's what always baffles me about that about that comment. It's like I, I'm not going to listen to this, to this review. I'm going to uh, decide if I like this game for myself, as if I was telling them not to. <laughs> like I'm just telling you what I think about this game, man. Just yeah, whether you buy it or don't buy it. If you buy it, I hope you have fun with it. Even yeah. if I said the game's a three, great. Go have fun with that game. Sure. You spent your money. I don't. I don't <laughs> wish ill will on you. Yeah. yeah. But I understand. I understand the frustration around scores and stuff, and like what do they mean, what they know. But I also don't understand the frustration when you can figure it out by reading the rubric or by reading the review itself. We don't just post the number, you know, and then they're like, 
<laughs> I, I always actually find it, I find it very interesting to read a review that, that I, I like vehemently disagree with. Like I've read some negative reviews of Watch Dogs that it's like, it's interesting what, to, to read the kinds of things that some people allow to ruin their experience, sure. yep. that yep. for me was, was kind of a negligible thing. Sure. Uh, there's, there's a moment in the, in the very beginning uh, of, of Watch Dogs where, where you're, you're forced to try to shoot somebody. Mm-hmm. Some people found that like, super objectionable. I think it was the Kotaku review. Was, was, like, that like, set the tone for him all wrong, and he, he just it went downhill from there. Um, but like, I, I thought that was actually kind of clever, just because it, it, it was one of the few... Uh, yeah. Establishing moments for Aiden's character in that whole game. Right. Well, yeah. It's also it, there's a functionality to it. Right? It's teaching right. you the, the mechanics. Yeah. Not that you don't. Yeah. Know and how he's to supposed to be game, a vigilante. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it, he's it not also, a good man. Yeah. Or at least he is a good man. But he's not supposed to be doing good things. Well, he's, he's like a super vengeful person. Yeah. And it's like that, that was an expression of his anger towards this guy that that was. Well, I won't. I won't Spoilers. Yeah, we'll go into it. Come but on, like I, 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 I think watched it was, his dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no dogs in this whole game. Zero out of ten. And that, that, by the way, is, is why, why I uh, don't necessarily trust aggregates of user, user scores. Oh, yeah, user because scores. A lot of, there are like, only two user scores. Well, I mean, it's a zero yeah. or a ten. Right. There, there, are, there are some thoughtful people, but they're, very, they're incredibly drowned out by people who are you know, kind of like one-issue voters. Right. Who, yep. who are either you know, you know, awesome or terrible and yep. Yep, yep. nothing in between. And like, that's, just, that's just the overwhelming majority of people that, that vote on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to his point about Metacritic, yeah, we've said that about Metacritic user scores, which I think are useless. Um, but I also, you know, have an issue with Metacritic as, as a scoring aggregate. I think it's interesting. It's a nice idea, but I also think it's inherently unfair because, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Our site gets a lot more weight than most other sites on Metacritic, which is fantastic. But at the same time, it goes back to opinions. Like, if you're looking at an RPG, mm-hmm. and then you're looking for, like, the opinion of some of the RPG fanatic sites out there, they're na- not going to be weighted, and maybe that will skew the score a little down or a little up, and you won't get a kind of a, the right picture of it. It's a, it's a very confusing system. Well, yeah. Also, like Metacritic adapts a five-star system to a percentage, or le- like yeah. less than 100-point systems 10. to a 100-point yeah. system, and that that doesn't equate. Like it, it's it's an apples to oranges kind of thing because uh, because like I said, scores are not math. Like it is it is code for wh- what what their description of that scale is. So if you take a a 2.5 out of five-star game. It's not the same necessarily as us giving it a game of five out of ten, um, or five point out of ten. Sure. So yeah. it's it's it just it doesn't work that way, um, and so Metacritic can be kind of dis- a distorting factor there. Yeah. So basically, read reviews. Even if you disagree with the review, if 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 it's if the reviewer is good at their job and capable, they're going to be explaining why or why not they yep. had fun with the game, and from that 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 can tell you. you know, whether or not you will enjoy it, exactly. even if they didn't, right? Right, and you, you can like sometimes you're, you're not going to get all the information you want there, but you get a, you get a good very thing good. There start. are a thousand other rooms <laughs> right. yeah. out there. This is Robert Rogers. Robert Rogers. Rob Rob. Rob Rob. Rog. Rob 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 Rog. Like that. Rob Rob Rob. Says, "Hey gang, what's up? Do you guys think it would be smart for Valve slash Steam to have a big conference?" at E3, like Sony and Microsoft. They have their new Steam machines, and enough of a following that we are near the point of saying Steam is synonymous with PC gaming. And with Nintendo backing away, can Valve fill that void? Are we 
near that point? I thought we were far beyond. Far beyond. Wait, I, thought we, we, I thought we totally wore a <laughs> yes Steam PC no. gaming. No, yes origin. No. origin. Origin. Right, yeah. You you play, my SimCity. You, you still have whatever that is. You play. You, you play. still have a, a lot of stuff, stuff that, that's on, like major, major stuff that's not on Steam. League of Legends, all Blizzard true. games. True, true, true. Uh, so, I mean, there's not, it's not a monopoly. Okay. But, uh, pretty but close. It, yeah, they own like 75% of the of the online PC game sales gotcha. business. They're just looking to get Marvin Gardens. <laughs> but, yeah. So monopoly. And, but here's here's the question, uh, like what is what is gained by being at E3, like why why go to E3 and try and shout louder than everyone else, and, and say look at us we're like next to everybody else but we could like why not just go and do their own thing yeah like and, like an Apple thing yeah I mean that, that's that's a great comparison I mean, Valve is basically the Apple of PC gaming they own pretty much everything in the category. So, or you know, they distribute it anyway. Yeah. So why not? Why not just have a, a, their own announcements when they want to? And whenever well, Valve sets up, couldn't you make that same or pose that same question to Microsoft or Sony? Absolutely. Like, and E three, like in the past at least, in, in the history of E three, has it was not not initially supposed to be a consumer event at all. Like it was it was supposed well, to be yeah. let's let's show GameStop and you know what what they well, should be have, buying. Yeah. Um, What's so, going to be on shelves this holiday season? Right, and it just kind of escalated from there. To, but it's 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 not just about consumers anyway. Um, I I personally think trying to announce something at E three is a bad idea. Like unless you're trying to impress investors and uh, you know retail buyers. I mean, for me, like, the, it doesn't make sense because it would almost be sinking to their level, right? Like Valve. If every time you Sounds read, harsh. I, well, no, I, I mean, like this is PC how, master race. This is how I look at Valve, right? Everything they do is to the beat of their own drums. Sure. They do all of this their own stuff. I mean, I, I really do think for episode three, it's just going to be one day you wake up and it's on Steam. <laughs> and I, I, then it'll just be they threw a switch and it'll sell it crazy. Am I, that, am I still dreaming? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Valve, Valve knows all too well the value of pre-orders at this point. True, there's, that's true. Yeah, there's there's no way they will they will do that. All right, but uh, I'm, what I'm saying is like it's just like what are they? They're not. I don't feel like I don't think in Gabe Newell's head they're competing with Microsoft and Sony. You know what I mean? I don't think they think they need to be sure. seen. They, doing well, they thing. they are in that they're now putting out their own OS. Sure. So they, they are, they, and they're trying to take. They are about to compete for the living room right. gaming. TV, yeah. Right. So that, that that is putting them head-to-head competition with with consoles. Um, so I, I I do think that they are they are digging in to compete with with uh, those those you know in that in that arena. Yeah. Um, which is going to be interesting because it's it's not kind of. It's not an apples to apples comparison between a between a PC and a, and a console, right? And but I'm, this goes back to the fact that there's like 17 Steam boxes too, right? I mean, like I that's why I still don't think they're thinking that they're competing on the same level. If they were, then uh, why wouldn't there be one Steam box that you go and say this we have to buy? Because PCs don't work that way. Seems a little half hearted. Like, gaming sucks. Which, which, what does? Just their whole Steam box thing or whatever. Yeah. Like it seems a little bit like you kind of want us to do this and <laughs> so, we don't really want to. I don't, um, but, yeah. like, I, I still think we're missing the main thing. It's the same thing with Apple. Like, their anti- Steam is anti-establishment. Valve is anti-establishment. And, like, they don't they don't need E3. E3 is very conventional. E3 is very um, old school. E3 is very the, the big three. You know, like, that's their their playground. Valve doesn't need to be there. And they even though they've been there, and you know, they were at PlayStation's conference a few years ago and stuff like that. But, like, you know, they they... Valve is so far ahead of what everyone else is doing. We talked about this, I think, on, on a couple of game scoops ago. Like, what Microsoft tried to do with Xbox One was what Valve already does, you know. And like, console gaming is so far behind, and the mentality of console gamers is so far behind in many ways that we're just not ready for it yet. So, like, Valve should just keep pioneering and doing cool things, and then it'll eventually it trickle down eventually. the consoles anyway. <laughs> inherently, um, 
I've always, you know, I'm not a PC gamer at all. I mean, I play Civilization and a few other things, but other than that, like, I don't, you know, I don't play games on PC, but I've always really appreciated what Valve does because I think, um, I think that they have great vision, you know, and sure. I don't think that that vision is served at a place like E3, like Dan was saying. And I also think E3's importance is quickly fading. I've, I've said it for several years. I think Gamescom is going to be the next big show. And I think you'd I mean, be... And, and attendance-wise, oh, it's, it's already much, much bigger. My two Gamescoms, I went in oh, oh, 2011, 2013, noticeable difference between those two shows, those two years, in terms of attendance, in terms of... Getting bigger? It, just getting huge. Even Sony's conference from one year... One year, their conference was in a room with, like, 300 chairs. The next was, like, in this massive auditorium. Like, mm. Valve, if they wanted to start going to a show, especially a consumer-facing show where their people are, would go to Gamescom. And so I think that, you know, as E3 falls in prominence and as we spend more time focusing on Gamescom, so too will we find some of these random-ass companies, maybe like Apple and maybe like Valve at one of those places. Because mm-hmm. they don't need to speak to us because they don't care about us. They want to speak to the people that buy their stuff. You know? And again, I don't, th- I don't think Valve uh, will ever announce a game at E3. Like I don't. I, that's just not their their that's way. Like there's no. They they don't need to. They've already got. They've got a direct now, pipeline. You mean any more? Didn't they announce like Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead Two? I don't, I don't recall, but but like I don't I don't Portal think they're. Two. Yeah. They walked out on the so. PlayStation. That's what he was referencing earlier when Gabe came out to talk about Portal coming to PlayStation. But that because, wasn't like right. the announcement. That wasn't the announcement. That was more of them saying like, oh, we we were sorry about what we said about PlayStation yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. Right. We figured <laughs> out how to make games. And now we right. figured this out, and we understand yeah. that there's money to be made. Yeah. But but I don't I don't think they they have anything to begin to gain by by announcing something at the same time everyone else announces sure. it. I think they they've already got this direct pipeline to something like 75 million PC gamers. Um, every time you fire up Steam, it can pop up a, a thing saying, "Hey, look what you can get now." Mm-hmm. Uh, when they announce a game, they'll do it that way. Yeah. Sure. All right, this is Kyle Dixon. It says, "Hey, GameScoop." Hey, Kyle Hello. Dixon. I've been watching GameScoop for a very long time. I often Thanks, find Kyle myself. <clears throat> Sorry, watching IGN and GameScoop for a very long time. I often find myself watching more PlayStation content than any other platform. My son frequently joins me. My question is... Little Kyle Dixon. My question is, with both Justin and Colin bringing future gamers into this world soon... <laughs> really? Do you guys believe... No. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. <laughs> go on, let's finish the message. I can't tell we'll... if he's trolling you or not. No, he's I mean, not. Just go you... on and finish the, the, the message. Do you guys believe <laughs> that Colin will meld his child into a PlayStation fan and Justin's into an Xbox fan without knowing it? Uh, all right, so first of all, Greg is an asshole. <laughs> I am not. This, is, so, this was never meant to be a thing. It so, wasn't meant to be a so thing. So two, place, or two podcasts beyond yeah. ago, Greg was talking about how I'm, ha- I'm having a baby. No, I but he was talking about like a food baby because I'm fat. <laughs> no, no, wow. You, this is, no, right, you know what? Go ahead and recall This the is you totally right, m- yeah, melding yeah, history. Right, I said yeah. you had an announcement to make. Oh, right, right. And you said what? And it was that you had 70,000 Twitter followers. Yeah. And then... Instead of that, uh, you, I think I, I said, yeah, you're having a baby. Because you like stalled for a second. I was like, you're having a baby. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm having a baby. And you hit your stomach. And then you're like, no, I'm ha- I got all these Twitter followers. And it's cool. I want to thank everybody for their support. But like for some reason, everyone blacked out the moment of you looking at your stomach, hitting your food, baby, and then <laughs> saying, no, I'm talking about these followers. No, so no, I'm not having a baby. So that's where that comes from. There's still thousands of people out there that are very confused on this issue. I appreciate the well wishes, though. Yeah. Right, Colin, are you going to raise your food baby to be a player? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, so I think that if I had a kid, and I'm sure I'll have a kid in the next few years or whatever, um, that... Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be into what I'm into. I mean, it's just going to be the way it is. You know, like, it's not going to be relegated only to games. You know, it's going to be relegated to everything. So, like, then they'll, they'll make up their own mind as they get older about what they want. But, of course, they're going to be influenced <laughs> if, if dad's playing PlayStation 4, you know, instead of 
taking care of me for <laughs> years and all this kind of stuff, and he's reading the Drudge Report, then obviously, like, these are the kinds of things that I'm, you know, that, that kid's going to be into. I'm very much my dad's son. Why does you know? daddy love the PS4 more than me? <laughs> like, I think, so yeah, I think that, yes, I think that, that could, that's possible. I'm, I am my father's son, like, in like, many ways. So, like, I it, am too, but it's not a guarantee. Like, I, my dad loves music, and I love music. I get that from him. My, my dad also loves football, and I did not, yeah, I did yeah. not. Gain so, that love for football. My dad's, that's, that's a, like, my dad's a heavy equipment operator. On the weekends, <laughs> he would go outside and be in the yard and do. And none of that worked. None of that yeah. stuck for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so, I don't. I think that's the, that's more the concern. If you're reading the Drudge Report all the time, <laughs> playing that PlayStation Four all the time, what if he does This it? food maybe is going to go the opposite direction. It's possible. I mean, on HuffPo all day. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like my yeah, my father was a firefighter. Obviously, I'm not a firefighter. I'm not that much of a man to be a firefighter. <laughs> uh, my dad was really into cars. I don't even like driving cars. My dad, you know, is into building things, using his hands. I'm not into that. But, like, yeah, in terms of politics, in terms of my dad, I'm totally responsible for getting me into music and, like, all those kinds of things. So, yeah, in many ways, the apple didn't fall far from the tree in some respects. In some respects, I'm like my mom. So, um, you know, yeah, I think it's possible. But, I mean, I think about my brother. My older brother is the reason that I play games. He's 11 years older than me, and we talk about him a lot on Podcast Beyond. And he was a Nintendo kid. He was an NES guy, and so I was an NES guy, and he was a Super Nintendo guy, yeah. so I was a Super Nintendo guy. And so I think it's about like that kind of influence. And then by the time he went to PlayStation, well, so did I. Yeah. You know? And I, I look at it a lot like, uh, like a religion. Like, you're, you're raised in a Catholic house. You're probably going to be Catholic, uh, unless you rebel. Unless, yeah, so like, that happens to some kids, too, right? Yeah. And, like, I, I, was, I was raised in a Catholic house. I am not Catholic. Um, it was not a very strongly Catholic house, but I am <laughs> but I'm not a Catholic. So, but um, it's it just... Like you're you're raised around like you, your role models are are your parents and your parents are are playing as on a certain thing you're going to play with them you're going to have memories fond memories of playing uh, you know platform exclusive sometimes with with your with your parents you're going to get used to that controller yeah you'll you'll you know just be have that muscle memory and and that's hard to break like. Sure, you can go over to a friend's house and play on a different console, and maybe you'll like those games more. Maybe you'll just you know, have an affinity for those. But you'll go, this but, is a 720p, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hideous. But, <yeah. laughs> but, then, but you, know, you, you, are, you are then having to kind of, it's kind of an uphill battle. It's, a, right. it's an override the, 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 of that, that, uh, you know, that thing that's familiar to you. So like, what you're raised around is probably what you're going to like more, but, may, but not necessarily. What? I just love the fact that this is still a thing with him having a baby. I didn't do it. I like how you, you throw me under the bus. You can go watch the tape. It's an innocent comment that gets some put the tape in my VCR. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what. We'll see what. So so just the tracking. Yeah. Also, it needs to be pointed out that if Justin <laughs> da- whatever Justin Davis does this baby he's raised, it's going to be a mobile kid. It's not going to be an Xbox kid. <laughs> You play Hearthstone all the time. Poor baby. They've been yeah. on Blackout. Threes. I hope, I hope Hearthstone, really Hearthstone is awesome. Give him a controller. Give that oh. baby a controller, for yeah. God's sake. I, ever play some FTL. Yeah. Uh, Vita. Greg, sneak a Vita in there. <laughs> in the crib? In that crib, yeah. You want to play Blaze Blue? <laughs> <laughs> Greg doesn't want kids. No. But Dan and Colin, you're open to the idea of maybe having kids somewhere. My girlfriend yeah. definitely wants kids, so yeah. So is it important to you that your kid likes games? Yeah. Um, well, it would be nice to have a hobby that we share. Sure. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to throw a fit if they don't like games. <laughs> You're not going to be the one throwing You throw fit. a temper tantrum or something like that? Yeah, to me it's not for. I mean, I would like to, yeah, I'd like to be able to bond with my child. I, I would preferably actually like to bond more with him on politics or history than games. But um, I hope, I, I assume, you know, by the act of being around me for 18 years that that baby, that kid is going to like video games. But, you know, yeah, who the hell knows? Yeah, and I, I think I think the the real thing is that in in, in ten fifteen years, like games may not resemble what they resemble right. today. We might not be into what what games will become fifteen years from now. Sure. So who, who's to say? That's like pl- that's that's a little bit far future for me. But we'll always have 
the games that we have now and that we grew up with, right? So yeah, Hopefully, that, yeah. I totally want to introduce my children to all that stuff. I mean, dude, I saw that I saw that on the horizon, like what Dan's saying, like with like when everyone's like, mobile gaming's gonna fucking murder console gaming and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh Jesus. You know, like I don't wanna play on my phone. Like I really thought I was like looking down the the, the you know, down, you know, at a horizon where I'm like, I don't wanna play games. You know, because I don't wanna play on these little screens, I don't wanna play on a touch screen, I wanna do all these things, and then thankfully they were wrong. But you know, like uh, we, you know, maybe we'll actually look down the barrel of that in one day in the future, where we're like, I don't know, man. Like, this is not what I got into games for, you know. But that ha- that day is not yet. <laughs> Candy Crush makes more money than all Nintendo games. Combined. I saw that. That's pretty crazy, man. King's a uh, King's killing. It's not to say you can't enjoy games on that platform. It's not to say you know there aren't good games on those platforms. It's just like I like it's playing just, with a controller. I need sure. that tactile kind of analog stick button experience. That's what I want. Whereas I'm very much looking forward to like an Oculus Rift style. Kind of thing where where it's you know no controller in your hand but motion controlled in a way that actually works. But yeah. looking forward to watching you play that. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be my game. You, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube will really really enjoy that. I'm sure. This is Aaron Ross. He has a solution for the next gen slash current gen confusion. Namely. <clears throat> He says, people tend to be constantly confused by the terms next-gen, current-gen, last-gen, as they're all relative terms. After all, the vast majority of gamers don't yet have a PS4 or Xbox One, thus their status as current-gen consoles is confusing. This might be solved by referring to console generations by their generation number as opposed to their current status. Apparently, the NES is counted as being the third console generation, meaning that the PS2 is the sixth, the PS3 is part of the seventh, the PS4 is the eighth. This gives us an absolute way to differentiate which generation we're talking about, and I think it should really help clarify gaming conversations. Which generation is the Wii U? <laughs> yep. so, yeah, I mean, it's, this is a common question. What's no, the first right. generation? Magnavox Odyssey and then, yeah, right. and then I think 2600? The, the right. problem with this is that if the PS4, Xbox One are the 8th generation, that means the 8th generation has begun, and it's the current generation. Yeah, right. And PS3 and Xbox 360 is last generation. Right. I just also don't so, ascribe to these numbers. Well, yeah. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not the numbers now. <laughs> Uh, you, just don't, you don't want to put another number on something. It's just too confusing, right? Yeah. Like, like, what is Dreamcast came out in the limbo? Wii U came out in limbo. Like, the, like yeah. it, it just doesn't make... The, 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 everyone always argues these console generation numbers. They don't make sense. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm sorry. They don't make I, sense. I, I think you're right. Yeah. You know, like, it, it should be about... To me, it should be actually about relative power. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, what games, like, can appear on, you know, could this game, console run both of these games or... That's why Wii U is to me like everyone's like it's a Gen Eight game or Gen well, Eight system, but, but then, I'm like it's nah. But it's then you really get not. you get cross generation games like Watch Dogs that so run on both, just at a different well, quality like, levels. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, for, for me, I, I've just started referring to them as old Gen and new Gen, uh, which is also a relative term, but it it's true. Like you, you say, an old generation console. I guess I guess the Wii U is again kind of an outlier there, but uh, but old Gen could be PS2, PS1, right? That's older, or older, older gen. gen. <laughs> the oldest gen. Right. I mean, because this is the new generation of consoles, the, the Xbox One and PS4. Uh, the Xbox 360 and PS3 are the old generation. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's just like, just like uh, you know, generations of people. Yes. My parents are so last gen. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they are. Well, they are an older generation. And the moment but I'm you about were born, to be last gen, too. The moment you were born, they became last gen. And that's the same way with consoles for me. Uh, sorry, the, I know the vast majority of gamers don't yet have a PS1 or Xbox One, but if they're playing on 360, they're playing a last gen console. 
Get over it. <laughs> Not the kids. The Sounds ones who are offended. <laughs> are they offended? Yeah. No. That's why this, this, why was, this is where it all Sorry. comes from. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a PS4, so my thing is still current gen. <laughs> they don't want to admit they're behind the times. That's, so, that's where this comes from. Get so the them, fuck over it. The, <laughs> get a goddamn job. So in their mind, the, <laughs> the, the new generation begins when they buy right. the new console. Right. That's oh, so that all next up gen, to them. Yeah, the next it's gen is, all about them. This is just like, well, I can't afford this game, so I'm going to pirate it. <laughs> I've done everything in my power to get this game or this console. But. It's true. It's true. How are we doing on time there, Colin? What time is it? Uh, it is... Fourth third tag. Twelve fifty-three. Okay, we got we can we can tackle this uh, this last topic. It's about indie games. And it comes from James Cooksey. That's a good name. Quality. It's my dude I'm, James. I'm Cooksey for Cooksey Puffs. <laughs> Maybe it's pronounced Cooksey. Who knows? But Cooksey sounds like it'd that be more fun to say. He's a, he's a cut up, I bet. It says hi Damon and the Scoop Crew. <laughs> Most I'm, depressed guy we've ever met. <laughs> I recently purchased a PS4. A current gen console. <laughs> And I've been downloading the free PlayStation Plus games over the past six months. Thanks for the tip, Greg. That's what I do. (laughs) I bought the Infamous Bundle, and I also purchased Killzone Shadowfall and FIFA 14. Haven't put the controller down since it arrived. I put a decent... What's the matter? Help! He's all all overgrown. He's in the shower. His clothes are disgusting. (laughs) I've put a decent number of hours into each of the games I have for the system. My friends, whom themselves invest a lot of time and money into gaming... Arrived back from uni this week and came straight round to experience the PS4. I showed them Infamous and Killzone and they loved them. Yeah. I then went to, I, I went to show them the six indie games I have through PlayStation Plus. The second I mentioned the word indie, my friends instantly became disinterested and only cared about the three AAA games I had. Mercenary Kings, Outlast, Stick It to the Man, Don't Starve, Dead Nation, and Resogun are all really good games, but due to my friends' opinions regarding indie games, they will never experience them. Your friends are dumb. Yeah, it's not your problem. You can't, it's not your problem. My group of friends can't be the only people who have this view. No, they're not. Given that indie games now make up a significant percentage of the video game industry. Is it time to start promoting the games in a different way? Is it time to retire the word indie? Maybe. I mean, indie is, it's like indie music, well, you can relate, indie rock or indie yeah. music, like, that's lost all meaning, you know? Because, sure. like, just completely doesn't even mean anything anymore. There's indie labels. It doesn't even make any sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, labels that are owned by me. Right, exactly. Like, like <laughs> yeah, like, like in, an indie label signs an artist to a $3 million contract and a year tour and two albums. It's like, okay, that's really not indie. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't really mean anything for games, either. No, I mean, it just means that you don't have a publisher. Well, Theoretically. Right. I, yeah, but I, even some indie games do have a publisher, right? So it's right. Like, uh, I mean, is, is Valve an, in, an indie yeah. developer? I mean, they, they are their own publisher. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, that doesn't really make any sense. But in, in terms, again, this is where PC gamers are ahead, of the, are ahead of the curve with console gamers. And console gamers need to catch up quickly on this because they're not going to have much of a choice in a few years. Um, indie games aren't only significant in terms of number, they're actually significant in terms of being better than many of the yeah. $60 games sure. that we buy, most of them. Yeah. Resogun is still, I will still I will still say, I don't care who gets mad at me, Resogun is still PlayStation 4's best game. And, and You it, keep forgetting the DC Universe Online came out. Yeah, I, I, no, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> uh, and, you know, wh- like, I never understood the eagerness to like say like I, to justify the console and to justify my time, I need to go spend sixty dollars on a game. When you can buy six great games for sixty dollars, mm-hmm. that are like some of those games he mentioned, 
you know, like Don't Starve is awesome. Don't yeah. Starve is a great game. Uh, you know, Stick It to the Man, that's a, that's a really fun game. Mercenary Kings is awesome. That's a great game. Um, and these games are cheaper and better than, than a lot of the $60 games you're going to go and buy. I, you know, I'd much rather play uh, Child of Light, which is not, you know, which people consider an indie game because it's a downloadable $10 or $15 game, which is really what that term means. Made by yeah. Ubisoft. Yeah, made by Ubisoft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that doesn't matter, you know, that, that, because this is really what people are looking at. Don't bring at. logic to this <laughs> argument, Dan. The argument against indie makes no sense. Like, the, it's, it's really more a skew against downloadable, cheaper games because they think the quality is not going to be as high. But I would, I would dispute that. And you know, just completely dispute yeah. that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like a lot of my favorite games are, are smaller games, but I, I think that in this context, like these guys came over to see the PS4. They don't want to see games that you could have played on the previous generation of consoles. I get that. Yeah, you, you have a new console, right? You want to see what it can do. You've got this big HD TV. You, you've got your your home theater system. You know, you want to like have yeah. like a, a big impressive cinematic experience. Just like you know, if you want to try out your new Blu-ray player, you want to put on. Transformers, maybe, or Lord of the Rings, instead of, I don't know, what's what's a the Breakfast Club. Her. <laughs> sure. But sure. I, I, all, all of the all of those indie games, all those indie games could easily, some of them maybe even do, could easily exist on the previous gener- generation of, of consoles. So when I go over, it's like, oh, show me what the PS4 can do. So you know, see if I want to buy one. I don't, you know, it's like, oh, it does all the things that your old the sure. console you already have. I think that that context is is not a great way to introduce somebody to an indie game. That's a good point. Yeah, but that's but in re- this case, yeah, but Resogun can't run on anything but a PlayStation 4. It could probably run on an Xbox One. It, yeah, Resogun, like, I would, yeah, it absolutely I, could run on any system. That that gameplay could happen anywhere. Yeah, but they but couldn't the, do the, the visual. Play. The visual, like, yeah, the, yeah, they couldn't. I mean, that couldn't run on a PlayStation. Yeah, yeah they, I would argue that game does show off the fun. PS4. And, and I would argue that that game shows off the PS4 just as well as Killzone or Infamous. I think maybe even better because again, it, it, it's actually it's the particles that matter in that particular game and like how much, what's going on on screen as opposed to like the visual fidelity of the environment or whatever. But the the indie game bigotry that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna it's, term it it's true. is insane to me just because you're starving yourself of amazing games I know. like that are cheap and readily accessible and I don't get it like I want to play the game. That's going to be fun, whether it's on Vita, whether it's on PS4, whether it's on PC, whatever, you know, Xbox One, wherever it is. Unless it's on iPad, apparently. No, not on iPad. <laughs> <laughs> not on iPad, unless you can attach a controller to it. Um, but even on iPad, like, I spend a lot of time this summer with Plants vs. Zombies 2 because I adore that game. Um, but, you know, there's just, you just start, like, it's just a totally artificial way to starve yourself of great content. Yeah, Especially because AAA games are few and far between. If you're justifying your console purchase like PS4 on exclusives, you're going to be waiting a long time for some exclusives that, you know, we have Killzone, we have you know, uh, Infamous, and then you're going to have Drive Club in the order later and Uncharted at some point. Like, what are you going to fill in that time with? Fill in that time with some of these these awesome indie games, man. Mercenary Kings is not only a great game, that game, that game to platinum that game would take you 100 hours, like, and, and you spent 15 bucks on it. Like, yep. there's that's pretty awesome, you know? Um, Rainbow Moon's another great example. It's a Vita and PS3 game, an RPG, that's just as meaty as a Square Enix RPG. You know, like from yeah. the days of yore. Why, why do you need to pay $60? A good for game it? is a good, it's yeah. a good game. That's exactly right. Right, like, the the best movie I've seen this year isn't Godzilla or X Men or Captain America or any of those. It's The Raid Two, which is an awesome action movie and in, it's a low budget movie compared to those huge blockbuster sure. movies. You know? But uh, I guess to, to address his question, like with this particular group of friends that doesn't like the word indie, maybe in this th- with those guys, don't call them indie games and say, hey, this is a really cool game. Um, you, know, you don't you don't yeah, really maybe, need yeah. to classify it. Just lie. Yeah, maybe just don't say. Yeah, a game's a game, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, here's, a, here's a, a great side-scroller, here's a great shooter, here's a great, you know, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You disagree? No, I'm saying, mm-hmm. agree. Uh, one more email this week. This is from Lauren. 
He says, hey, GameSweep, just discovered the show, and I love it. Where you been? Growing, <laughs> growing, he just got internet. Eight years? <laughs> growing up, and even now, I've never had a good gamer name. My friends growing up had names like T-Wolf and Amish Broom Fight. That's an awesome, pretty awesome name. That sounds like a punk band from Boston. Mine has always <clears throat> just been Lauren. <laughs> it's funny when he says it. Could you, <laughs> could you please give me a gamer name that will strike fear? And also be epic at the same time. Love and Lauren. <laughs> Love and Lauren is actually pretty good. Uh, I was gonna say we don't really have enough information about him yeah. to give him a good gamer name. Although Love and Lauren's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna open it up to the, the Game Soup audience. Mm. If they had any suggestions for Lauren? Uh, Torn up, lore what? Lore, torn up, lore what? Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic, Greg. Tore up, Laura. <laughs> Lord, uh, Lord. The uh, the the name we always go back to in the IGN office is, is Bong Bro Four Twenty, but I'm sure that that's Bong taken Bro. at this point. <laughs> Lauren Stash. Lauren Stash. Lauren Stash is yeah. actually good too. You see, you're good at this. Yeah, this is Have a you, side job. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're in the wrong profession. You really should be. For Lauren. For Lauren. It's really really good. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of what the puns could be. Lauren L O R E N, right? L O R I N. L O R I N. Lauren Cloth. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, now I'm starting to think, man, you, why, why do you need us? There's lots of good possibilities for your name. I can, I, I can relate to him just in that I never bothered to make a cool handle. Yeah. It was just always my name or whatever. Yeah, I've so. always just gone. I, I never put too much thought. Although now, these last few years I'm getting, is your name really Moriarty? You Sherlock Holmes fan? I'm like, yes. It's fucking movies, man. And these, <laughs> this TV show. Yes, I am. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, if, you, if the viewers, listeners have any good suggestions, let us know. Maybe we'll share them on a future episode. I think that's all the scoops we have for this week. Yeah, do you want to share with the class before we leave? Spice nice lore. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't have to, man. It's a gamer tag. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to be at E3 next week. Make sure you tune in Monday, June 9th, beginning at 9 a.m. Pacific, all day long. Mm-hmm. We're going to be streaming all the conferences with pre and post shows, and then we're going to be live streaming all the rest of the week, bringing all the big game demos directly to you. Live Some streaming. indie games, too. <laughs> there are get mad. <laughs> indie games, too. Don't, don't uh, use that time to step away. Go for a bathroom break. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Colin. My name is Damon. Zaijin GameScoop, and we're out. herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.